Good morning, everyone. Kyle Williams, Director of Force Protection at OFIC, with your weekly fire update for the week of uh, August 18th, 2021. A little late on this week's. Uh, it's actually Wednesday morning when uh, getting around to finally being able to do this because uh, Monday, Tuesday got a little busy in the world of fire and, and fire rules and everything else. But uh, here we are finally getting you guys caught up. Um, from what's been a busy, uh, busy couple days and, and looking into a, hopefully a productive week. Starting with the weather, uh, you know, finally a little bit of good news. Well, good news, kind of good news. Um, you know, coming off last week, another round of, of triple digit temperatures, but fire behavior was somewhat moderated because we had a significant smoke cap. And as uncomfortable as that was, uh, to live in, it really was uh, helpful for, for keeping the fires uh, kind of in the footprint they were in to start the week last week. Now, don't get me wrong, they moved around a little bit, but could have been a lot worse given the temperatures uh, and the instability that was predicted. So then move into this week and, you know, favorable forecasts, cooling temperatures, passage of a cold front was the discussion Monday morning. And with that came uh, certainly cooler temperatures, but clear air and wind as the cold front passed and and we saw this earlier in the summer uh as the as a cold front passed and, and sent the bootleg off off on its run and dixie fire down in california we got gusty uh winds that were associated with that cold front passage and a couple of our fires went for a pretty big walk and we'll get to that here in a second so as we get now wednesday morning what do we see looking into the rest of the week and this is significant because it has changed uh, had I done this Monday afternoon, like I was planning on, would have been a little bit different. At that point, we were looking at cooling temperatures heading into a warm up for the weekend. And on Monday, there was even some potential for an east wind, which at this point is like the the holy grail of please do not go there. Like We cannot deal with an east wind event right now, at least for the next couple of weeks. And so um, Monday was dodgy from a forecast standpoint. Now here Wednesday morning, continuing to see a cooling trend, at least generally, uh, through, uh, the rest of this week into the weekend with a passage, passage of another, um, frontal boundary Friday. So good news there, moderated temperatures. Bad news is these gusty winds through the gaps, uh, that we've seen in the last couple of days are likely to continue into the weekend. Slight chance for a little bit of moisture in the northern half of the west side, uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, but not predicting much, like high spots on the coast, maybe in a tenth to two tenths of an inch. So not gonna see significant relief other than in higher humidities, but again, that's gonna come with clear air and winds, and uh, that's kinda what got us into a little bit of trouble on Monday. So. That's it on the west side. On the east side, they are dealing with some significantly gusty wind conditions as these uh, frontal boundaries are passing this week. Again, not enough moisture to do them any good, but bringing yesterday, they had gusts of 40 miles an hour on the Fox complex um, that they were dealing with. And so uh, that's been problematic. There remains a chance for thunderstorms uh, on the east side. It's getting a little more confined to far southeast part of the state as the week goes on, but Friday, potential instability and potential uh, lightning on the east side. So on we go into uh, into what has been a heck of a summer. 
couple other interesting things uh, to note from this week, um, at least, you know, burn conditions wise, the uh, the thousand hour fuels, as we would expect for this time of summer, are continuing to, to slowly go down and frankly are now at a point where they are single digits, which we always expect in southwest Oregon, the east side, single digits. And those creep north throughout the summer, but usually we don't hit single digits kind of north of that Douglas County line on the west side. Uh, Rock House, which is historically a very dry spot, which is in Polk County, um, is showing nine uh, on the thousand hours. So that it, what that means is like epically dry when your heavy fuels are, are at that point, everything will burn. So kind of scary. Um, there was a comment made earlier this week uh, on one of the forecasts that um, 2021 is shaping up from a meteorological standpoint as the driest overall year in Oregon in 127 years of record keeping. Now it depends on who you're looking at. Some don't have it quite that extreme, but you know, still in the, in the top uh, 30 years of driest in, in 127. So anyway, we shake it, uh, not a great situation. And 96% of Oregon is now solidly in severe or worse drought condition. And so big surprise to no one. Conditions suck, let's just be honest. Okay, moving on, six to 10 day forecast, looking around the corner. I think there is a warm up coming uh, as we look into next week. Both six to 10 and 14 day outlooks are seeing a potential for above average temperatures. Now, that doesn't mean significant spikes back to triple digits, but it does mean tracking in the 90s, and, and that may be all it takes if we've got that clear air again. So I think the heat's coming back. Uh, we just have to pray for no east winds. Um, that's what we're doing right now. So jumping into the fire situation, uh, folks are probably aware, maybe, maybe not. There are currently two ODF teams out right now. Uh, Joe Hessel's team is down on Skyline, and uh, they will be wrapping up. Good news is uh, plan is by Thursday, transitioning them out of there, bringing in a smaller Type 3 organization to continue the mop up on that on that pool fire uh, in the Skyline complex. And then Link Smith's uh, Team 3 uh, got deployed over the weekend to what's called the Fox Complex, which is just west of Lakeview. And we'll get to that here as we go around the map. So I'm going to start up north uh, on our fire update for the week. Yeah, the Bull Complex. This is what I've been talking about for a couple weeks. Small fire in the Bull of the Woods wilderness. And when it was 100 acres, I was talking about, man, I, not a good setup. When it was 1,000 acres, this is a terrible setup. Now it's... 5,000 acres. And uh, there finally is a type two team ordered for this uh, fire, which will be nice. Get a little bit more help to the forest up there. Hopefully bring a little bit more focused resources. They can start really getting cranking. Uh, again, without a hard east wind component, um, the private lands aren't directly threatened because it is in the green several miles. But it's in the same place that Beachy effectively started last year. It's where Riverside took off last year. It's aimed at that portion of private land between, and we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, how hard people worked on these uh, to protect that private ground last year. And this thing is lined up and gunned right at that same piece of ground if we have our east wind event. And so finally, seeing some action, uh, both ODF and the forest, getting organized, getting some plans put together, getting some people on the ground. What are we going to do out in front of this thing? Uh, what are the trigger points for action? You know, um, the work is starting to starting to 
to go in the direction that I was hoping it would. Um, and we'll just, you know, I was told a long time ago by a very smart old forester that hope is not a strategy. Uh, and that's kind of what's been happening with the bull complex up to this point. And so it's good to see boots on the ground, some action happening out there. Uh, and unfortunately, we just have to hope that the east winds don't come and we never need the plans that are in place. But back to the point, I'm wandering a little bit, uh, 5,000 acres plus uh, got some folks on the ground doing some things there in the bull complex. Okay, move down. I didn't mention this. Bruler, which was on the map earlier, a couple hundred acres south of Detroit, still quiet. That's good news. Move then down into the Middle Fork complex and the Knoll Fire, which was pretty close to the McKenzie Highway. A couple hundred acres. Team got that one wrapped. It's mostly off the map uh, for our concern purposes in heavy mop-up. The other one from that complex that was the headliner was the Quiss Fire, just east of Oak Ridge. Again, a few hundred acres. Uh, unfortunately, they had this one wrapped last, I don't know, maybe two weeks ago. Uh, and then it, and then it squirted out, caused a big, you know, uh, uh, response from the team. They had to pull resources off the other fires in the complex to go focus on getting that thing corralled again. They did, but at the cost of progress on some, on, uh, Gales and Nine Mile. So now let's get to Gales and Nine Mile. I mentioned earlier that a couple of our fires went for a big walk Monday afternoon. And uh, Gales was one of them, and Nine Mile now wants to be stubborn. Uh, these are up Fall Creek, uh, past just past where the Jones and Clark Fire folks are familiar with uh, from a few years ago. Um, and the same, I think I mentioned this before, same little private piece of ground that many senators and representatives have owned over the years. Focus has been on the west side of the Gales fire, uh, which is appropriate. That's where the biggest exposure uh, immediately to private lands was. Um, they're getting some line put on, on that west side, establishing the heel and, and doing some burning actually the last couple of days to get that secured down. Unfortunately, when that cold front passed uh, and, and the terrain came into what we call alignment, so Fall Creek runs east to west, the canyon runs east to west there, and then the winds came out of the west, which means slope and winds were aligned, or terrain and winds were aligned. It took a corner of that fire, uh, of the Gales fire, crossed the 18 road, which was a significant uh, line that they were trying to hold, and then ran it up the canyon into the, into the Nine Mile fire. So now, and then it crossed uh, what was supposed to be the containment line for the nine, the nine mile fire, which basically means nobody's tracking because we're not looking at the map. We got fire in the places we don't want fire in Gales and nine mile. Continued again yesterday, nine mile was being stubborn, moving around. Uh, they were, they had a hotshot crew trying to loop where it had slopped over that containment line for the nine mile so that they can now, uh, kind of try and button those two fires together. The point here is that Private lands, uh, several of our members have significant exposure uh, just to the north of what's now the combined Gales and Nine Mile fires. And a significant amount of effort and work has gone in to saving uh, a, a sliver of land there between Holiday Farm and a fire a couple of years ago at Cougar Reservoir. It's just, it's, it's a piece of ground that has had a ton of effort and energy put into it. And now it's once again going to be a tough week um, for those folks to try and try and keep it off there. But the good news is conditions are moderated. I think if the team uh, has the resources to go direct, they should be able to pick up those slops. 
Uh, but again, afternoons where the west wind is coming up that Fall Creek Canyon have been challenging them. Okay, moving on. Rough patch complex. Uh, this was, you know, the Jack fire was, was the big one. And then it, the team ended up picking up a bunch of lightning strikes. It grew into the rough patch complex. Uh, work north to south here. So the chaos fire, which has, uh, kind of been the primary concern all along for the private, uh, side of the, of the equation here. Um, we had some landowners do some incredible work, uh, when the team didn't have any resources to get a foothold put in on the west side of this fire. So the boundary between private lands and chaos. Got a nice line established for the team, handed it over to them and said, here you go, uh, take it from there. The team is burning off that line now to try and anchor down the west side. The problem is with the wind the other day, uh, it went and crossed a pretty significant uh, indirect containment line that they were hoping to hold and is now threatening the Bohemian mine country. And the problem there is there's not uh, very many roads out in that country. And now that it has established itself on the wrong side of the containment line, it's headed kind of north and east towards the Bohemian mines. Um, that's uh, now drawing quite a bit of attention and it's going to be hard to, hard to hold, frankly. And again, each afternoon as, as those west winds push through the gaps, it's, it's, it's taking the fire away from the big block of private lands, but into parts of, of the forest that are very problematic. There's another fire in that complex called Little Bend and Homestead, which is which is kind of up at the head of Steamboat Creek. Um, there's been very little uh, action specifically on that fire just because resources have been drawn, have been thin and they've been focused elsewhere. It's not taken any big runs, but it's not an insignificant fire by any means, and hopefully it stays where it's at uh, until the team can get some attention on it. Jackfire, south end of that thing is maybe never going to go out. Uh, it's, again, this is the snag patch and 30-foot tall brush we've been talking about for a couple of weeks, and they cannot, the, the southern one-third of the jackfire, they can't put people on the ground in there, uh, at least um, with responsible decision-making. Um, and then they had two more lightning strikes uh, near Minky and some other uh, funny named fire that basically are burning up into uh, that southern tip of the jack fire team is assessing how they're going to get around that thing uh and by all accounts it's likely to be on the landscape until the snow flies okay that's rough patch now devil's knob complex and this is where we get back into mix of private lands and federal lands and Early on, um, there was something, there was one of the fires in the complex called the Mule Fire, which had some of our members' lands involved in it and a lot of really good work again from our member companies, helping the team be successful getting a line around that. And then a couple of fires just to the south of it that called Big Hamlin right now, uh, squirreled around and basically burned up into the Mule Fire. Hadn't eaten it entirely, but, um, it, they are, they are shaking hands at this point. Uh, that fire is continuing to grow uh, south and east. Uh, didn't go for as big a walk as, as um, Gales did the other day, but uh, it's, it's being stubborn on the southeast side. Most of that is pushing out deeper into the green, but if it keeps going, uh, it's going to run down into the timbered rock country. Uh, and uh, timbered rock, and I can't remember the name of the fire we had down there in that same piece of ground a couple years ago, but uh, towards um, Lost Creek Lake is essentially if that fire keeps going headed for the south. Okay, the other one in the Devil's Knob complex, and I can't remember if I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago, but I've, I've been messaging it 
It's called the Smith Fire. I was waiting for this thing. I just it lined up on a bad piece of ground, uh, knowing the predominant winds. Just waiting for this thing to do something bad, and it Monday afternoon. It did. Uh, narrow canyon winds aligned, and it 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 took off uh, to the south and east. Made a couple mile run. Um, the problem there is now if we do end up with a northerly wind, we've got several miles. It thing looks like a cigar, a cigar on the map, uh, that runs kind of northeast to southeast at this point. And if we put a north wind on that, it's going to run a big curtain of fire down towards private land, not on private yet, but, uh, it just got a whole lot bigger and a whole lot more complicated down there on that Smith fire in the devil's knob complex. There's a transition happening with the teams. Kevin Stock's Type 2 team has been in charge of Devil's Knob. They're going to be handing the reins over to a Type 1 uh, incident management team from out of region, so a federal team from a different part of the country. Uh, they are going to absorb Rough Patch and Devil's Knob, is my understanding, and that transition I think happens at the end of this week. Okay, then a little bit of good news. The Skyline Complex, again, Joe Hessel's uh, Team 1 guys did great work uh, by most accounts. Uh, you know, that was like 17 fires to start with. They got them all. Pool Creek was the big one, uh, did some excellent burn operations, had some, I mean, significant challenges along the way, uh, and were able to, to kind of get them corralled and they're into heavy mop up. And as I mentioned earlier, hoping to transition the team off that fire, um, Thursday this week, which will put a bunch more folks back in the barn for ODF, which is exactly what we want. Because as we jump over the crest now to the east side of the state, over the weekend, there was a significant hiccup in the plans of the department when the Fox Complex took off. It was two fires, Patton Meadow and I think Willow something or Wallow something. Anyway, point being, um, because there were no resources, team resources available, and if this fire uh, made a big enough run, it would be significantly onto private lands. The decision was made to put uh, Link's uh, Team 3 from ODF on this fire. Uh, mostly on uh, this fire's burning on Forest Service and BLM lands. It's it's either single digits or very low teens in terms of percentage of ODF protected lands in this fire. But you know, I think it was a good decision because um, uh, for other than some very stubborn country on the north end of this fire, the team has a line around almost all of it and are about to complete indirect line around all of it probably today. And as I mentioned earlier, 40 mile an hour gusts on that fire last night, yesterday afternoon, and they were able to keep that thing from from uh, from getting loose and, and going for a big long walk, which would have put it down into Lakeview. Uh, so an awesome, awesome job by the team down there. They've got work to do yet. Uh, again, that north end, um, the ops chief on that on that team is a fellow named John Pellisier. And when he says it's tough, uh, you believe him. And, and but they're getting around it. So that one, uh, they are optimistic that a 14-day pull for that team will have the Fox Complex off the map. Um, Black Butte Fire. Uh, mentioned this way out in the hinterlands. They, they, they have it mapped as 26 miles south of Unity, uh, which, I don't know, puts you, I think, as far away from the middle of nowhere as you can get. It's a little easier to orient it, you think, just to the southeast of the Strawberry Mountains uh, and north of Burn, north and east of Burns a little bit. Anyway, a uh, little bit. There's like 3% of this fire uh, protected by ODF. 
um, way down in the corner of the Central Oregon District, all the way in the corner, frankly. Team, uh, type two team got there, got line on that south end, had it buried. It was burning up to the north on the Forest Service ground while they were focused down there. Everything was going good. And then the wind switch started coming out of the north, and now this thing's pushing down to the south again. Uh, kind of as it goes by their established lines, sort of, I, the way I put it yesterday, sort of waving out the window as it heads south back towards private lands. Um, so um, a fire that just won't go away and frankly needs to out in the middle of nowhere um, continues to put up a threat for private lands. Team's working hard on it, though, with very limited resource and limited combo. Last thing I would mention, long ago we talked about Elbow Creek, uh, which was an ODF team deployment. Fire up in the far northeast corner of Oregon, just south of the town of Troy. Uh, OSFM resources and ODF went up there, made a great catch, saved the town of Troy. Everything was all good, right? Well, a fire that's been on the map since like early July up in Washington called Green Ridge is still messing around up in the wilderness there in the southeast corner of Washington. And now there is a significant threat uh, that as the wind blows out of the north, that fire may push and cross into Oregon. And guess which town is threatened now? Troy. It's unbelievable. So, uh, and the wilderness up there uh, in Washington is not, the terrain just doesn't line up well. If anybody's been out in that big canyon country, there aren't a lot of opportunities unless terrain lines up. And basically everything is oriented north to south leading into Oregon. And so, uh, significant concern and hoping for good luck over this week and good work, hopefully, by that team. Okay, this was a long one because there's just fire everywhere. Um, Going to be a big week, you know, with the conditions moderated the way they are. Uh, it's an opportunity, hopefully, uh, for these fire teams to go and, and what we say, you know, step right on the edge, um, get tight to the fire and, 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 and bop it on the head. I think if we miss this week's opportunity, it's going to be uh, a long summer holding our breath as, as if it hasn't already been long because um, we are going to warm back up. And I guarantee uh, the ironclad rule of the east winds in Oregon, we will have some between now and, and our season ending event. So it's, it's all about focusing on preparing for that. How do we stay in front of it? How are we ready if it does uh, materialize? And how do we keep these fires off private lands and hopefully get the smoke out of the air for our communities? So, Again, resources are stretched thin. Our landowner community has just been awesome about responding, answering the bell, being there to assist, putting lightning fires out. You guys are doing great. Keep it up. Uh, I know there are a lot, a lot of other things, uh, you know, tugging at our attention right now. Um, and, and my advice to everybody has been let's focus on the fires we've got. Let's focus on keeping new fires off the landscape. And when the rain starts and the smoke clears, we can start talking about some of these other issues. So with that, everybody have a safe rest of the week. Uh, and I promise I'll try and get to this thing by Monday next week, uh, as long as all goes well. Okay. Take care, everyone.